Hey guys, welcome back to Forbidden Cinema. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And today we are going deeper. We're going into Batman Returns from 1992. Yes. Getting into the holiday season, getting a little cold. It's super cold outside today. Uh, we are having our post-Thanksgiving lion, if you will. And, oh, I'm so uh, bummed that we usually go hiking on Black Friday and just get the heck away from any sort of commerce or consumer anything. And it's really cold It's outside. so cold. Like, so we're just in our PJs. We got some kitty cats, got some coffee, and we're just not leaving the house. We're only like quasi-outdoorsy, so this is, yeah, we're, we're not... Yeah, th- this is too much for us. This is just as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not we're not like hardy enough for just like yeah, wind, snow. No, we're we're like hike for a little bit while it's kind of cool. Where I can wear something that's very cute to wear. You know, like cute cold, not like bundle cold. Yeah, this, this is not cute cold kind of. No. We're twenties outside. So. It, exactly, and then go to some sort of cute coffee shop because you know the same outfits translate perfectly. Okay. <laughs> So we've had a week. We're recording in pretty much real time right now. We've mm-hmm. had a week to think about it. Where's your line in the sand on McDonald's Happy Meal toys? My line in the sand on like content? Exactly. Like what is appropriate and what is not? I think we've determined that Poontang is a hard pass. <laughs> right. Yes. So Poontang. any movie with Poontang just automatically gets disqualified moving forward. I've actually found a list of every McDonald's <laughs> toy oh, wow. from all time. Uh Boy, I think back to the Dick Tracy cups. That's one of the ones I remember mm-hmm. vividly. Uh, the Camp Snoopy glasses. Yeah, those that's are cool. eighty three. That's a little before my time, but we had those glasses all through growing up. We, I don't think we had the Snoopy ones. We had, um, uh, oh, Albert and the Chipmunks and the Chipettes. Oh, but I think those are from Hardee's. Hardee's, okay. Now, okay. see, the glasses are different than toys, right? I mean, you can have a tie-in with glasses on something that's a little bit more. Well, the adult. glasses are then going to be a generation thing, you know. Right. Your mom's not going to go buy new glasses. No, they're going to be, gonna be in the glasses cabinet. that you have in your house. Yeah. You know, with the jam jars and the, the <laughs> yes. corned beef jars or chip beef jars or whatever those were for the kids. We and didn't have those. We just had little, like the little jelly ones, which I even think the little skinny jelly ones were not even jelly we had consumed or my mom had consumed. I feel like it was like a grandparent consumption. <laughs> they had just been passed down. But so, yeah, so it seems like, you know, PG-13 is still sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um I think the biggest problem I had with this list was Avatar. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar. Have you seen Avatar? I haven't. It's just big budget Fern Gully. Basically, basically. But the way they have sex is they take their little dreadlock and like hook them into each other. Okay. It's also the way they ride horses. Hmm. So they're... It's the same... I guess it's just a connection with the planet or whatever. Okay. Okay. But I, I just... I feel like genitals hanging from your head, completely uncovered, while you're also wearing a loincloth, though. So I don't know who, what's <laughs> under there. But when your genitals are just bobbing around off of your forehead. That exposed genitals might be a... <laughs> might be a hard stop. A hard line in the sand. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just an Earth-centrist view of, of, of looking at, at extraterrestrial life. You know? Maybe. I think there are uh, Star Trek, some stuff in here, and I think there's a really classic moment from Star Trek six where he kicks a guy in the knee and he completely freaks out and like, Jim, like not every species keeps its genitals in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Poontang's hard line in the sand. Yes. I guess we've said that uh, horrible, deplorable violence is kind of okay. Um, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think, I think a movie where anyone is shot probably should not be turned into a toy okay okay that's that's probably my gut feeling gotcha gotcha uh next thing i have is this movie came out on june 19th oh it feels like a christmas movie it is a christmas movie like let's leave the constitution give the constitution a rest it's, <laughs> it's christmas, christmas. <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're lighting a christmas tree they're you know uh Evil clowns are jumping out of boxes like like Jack in the Boxes. This is, there's an ice princess. It's a Christmas movie. But this movie came out on June 19th. So my memories that I had of seeing this for my birthday the next month are very plausible. That's true. That's so weird. Why did they do that? I have absolutely no that idea. That makes no sense. I mean, it's not 
I guess it doesn't matter, really. It's a Batman movie, so why make it? I mean, it has to be cold because it's the Penguin. Like, we have to have oh, a cold I, setting. I, I see what you're saying. I think that that's part of it. it. Everything just needs to be cold and snowy and whatever, but we could have, I don't know. I mean, we could watch this versus Batman and Robin and then, you know, just because that's got Mr. Freeze, right? I've never seen that film. Oh, <laughs> it's wacky. I bet this one holds up for the coldest Batman it, it, it definitely has less cold puns. That's for sure. Okay, so pun versus dildo. Uh, there's probably too many puns in Batman and Robin. Okay. I don't know that it has a, a lack of dildos. Like it needs dildos in 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 place, but puns too many. <laughs> okay. Because that's all the way that Arnold Schwarzenegger knows how to be funny. That's true. True. <laughs> definitely. Um. So. Danny DeVito stayed in character anytime he was in the suit. Oh, man, that's a bummer. That You know, I've done a little bit of acting, and sometimes when you get in the costume, you kind of start feeling a little different. I could, I understand that. I mean, I have not done much acting, a little bit of acting, but I, I very much, when we, we go all hard on Halloween, and, and so really are detailed with our costumes, and I... I hold up the the care the facade the whole time. Like I kind of you know I'm not like in character act like talking with an accent or whatever. But if my character like I was Slash a few years ago and I had a cigarette or a fake cigarette in my mouth like the entire time. Like it just kind of becomes who you are. So I understand that. You but, went a little Slash. You didn't talk much and you got a little slashed by the end of the. Night. I did. I did. I I lived rock and roll hard for an <laughs> evening. But. Oh, but but you saying that and me saying that, I'm I'm sure is not anywhere near the levels of Danny DeVito staying in character as the penguin. Oh that's see, I would like to go and watch this on VHS with a mono television with one speaker in the television itself and hear if we hear his the whole time. Every time he breathes the whole time, because in our sound system with the you know, H D that's all you could hear. Yeah, it was constant. It was really pretty gross. It just added that extra level. So I'm sure if you're just walking around like craft services doing that, ugh, gross. I mean, it, it, sooner or later, that's going to hurt your throat. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't have the most melodic voice. So. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, so that's the last impression I'm going to do on this episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to stop doing impressions. Okay. I don't know if you guys noticed. We were doing impressions constantly. We, we, were, we were riffing hard. I don't know. Yeah. And that is completely new. We don't normally, I mean, you know, I kind of have my kids in the picture thing, but we just constantly we, were We doing don't really do impressions, but there's a, there was a, a lot of impressions to be had in this movie. We've got Batman and co- people are constantly talking about the way Batman talks. Christopher Walken. Um, Danny DeVito making all there, these crazy there's a noises. Impression-worthy people. Yes, and there were you know just legendary impressions. People do impressions of these people all the time. That's true. That's so true. Maybe it just happened. We just that way. yeah, we just went with it. Um, so sorry about that. If, if impression comedy is not your thing, <laughs> it's not usually ours either. But. <laughs> Like celebrity impressionist, whatever. We, we, were, we were we were trying out our five minutes. Uh. <laughs> so uh, the penguin's mom, Diane Salinger. Yes, I actually did do a little looking at her too. She's Simone in the Pee Wee movie. She is very Pee Wee adjacent. I don't know who Simone is. I remember Dee Dee, I think, but I don't remember Simone. I think this Simone is like maybe the love interest because she's actually in m- multiple Pee Wee things. Okay, like that's the only I I I had said oh I um, envision her and remember her being kind of hysterical, hysterical or or whatever in other movies. And I went back and looked at her at IMDb, and I she's just in shows here and there, but the most common thread is Pee Wee stuff. She's in multiple Pee Wee things. Okay, okay. So she's just part of that gang. So I went a little. Deeper than most people would go on Pee Wee. Well, yeah, you that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> so how much do you know about Pee Wee besides Playhouse, movies, and Scandal, and... 
Um, I I think he was a stand. Was he stand up before all of that? He had a stand up character that he turned into kind of a show, a off Broadway show. Okay, that I believe was eventually aired on HBO. Okay, and uh, and it so was Pee Wee. It was Pee Wee. It was the Playhouse set, but okay. it was not. You know, just complete filth or raunch or whatever. But it was definitely, you know, he's putting uh, mirrors on his shoes, trying to look up girls' skirts. And he's Uh, a man-child, but he is definitely more sexually aware than than the Pee-wee we would know. So he's a little bit more drop-dead Fred. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Um, So then, you know, we have the Tim Burton movie, which kind of takes him a little less gender and sexual right he's very childlike very and then you know so i guess i mean jan hooks is kind of part of it like i said part of that universe too um and yeah he definitely has his crowd like we were talking about well, who were we talking about uh, movie wise you know kind of has their their cast of characters but um we're talking about wes anderson kind of yeah wes anderson does i mean obviously like adam sandler does and keaton too have a not keaton uh oh burton burton has yeah kind of that's a what we're talking about cast. yeah so then we, you know, of course, we have the Playhouse, which mm-hmm. is just a huge hit, and there's we toys watched it all the time. We did. He was the the voice of an Epcot Center ride, and I went to see him at somewhere. It was probably an impersonator in my head. It was actually, him, <laughs> but hosting the laser firework and ski show. Oh wow, that's <laughs> like water fun. skis and fireworks and lasers. Is there anything? It would have had to have been at Cedar Point. Which okay. I'm sure they didn't have Paul Rubens emceeing at Cedar Point. Probably not. Not at that point. Whatever. Now, maybe now <laughs> he would. But um, we, I remember the big shoe dance being mm. a huge deal. I mean, you, you know, my dad. My dad gets a little bit of a shtick um, that he thinks is funny, and the big shoe dance r- was in his wheelhouse. <laughs> So the downfall really comes in 1991. Okay. Uh, he is at the uh, South Trail Cinema. It's located at the time in between a Red Lobster and a Dutch Valley restaurant. What's a Dutch Valley restaurant? Is uh, it like it a, a buffet? A traditional Amish oh, restaurant. That's that even more offensive. seems to be more kind of like a Cracker Barrel. Okay. Like with that, that seems even more offensive <laughs> to be next to an Amish restaurant and, and said things happening. I don't happening. think it was an Amish area. I think it was just... Amish food. I don't know what I think about that. I don't know. Was it owned? I mean, I, now I have all these questions about that. Like, was it owned by Amish people? Was it people appropriating Amish food? I don't know what that means. I think means. it was people from Pennsylvania moved to Sarasota, Florida to retire and ate at restaurants that serve that kind of food in Pennsylvania. Now they want it They here. missed it? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, the lot, the, the building's actually been demolished. Uh, it's now a mellow mushroom, so... Hmm. I was looking to see if there's any reason to go to Siesta Key or whatever so we can eat at that mellow mushroom and just know we're standing on hallowed peewee ground. <laughs> I don't know. Sarasota seems like seems like a long trip to just to go there. I think that we've learned some lessons about shticks. <laughs> um, we still have not painted our island. We're working on a color. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So they were playing a uh, double feature of Nurse Nancy. And Catalina Five O Tiger Shark. I guess Catalina Five O is an entire series of films. Okay, are they like the um, hard ticket to hard ticket to Hawaii? No, like they're that? like pornographic versions of Hawaii Five O. Oh, okay. No, this is a, this is a straight up porno theater. This a straight is not, up. Okay, this is not like drive in stuff. No, this is straight up straight porno up porn. theater next to a Red Lobster. <laughs> what are you doing, Sarasota? What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I think I don't think people were planning on putting businesses where they put them back then. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't feel like city planning. I mean, I don't have the city. We we're just talking about this. Like we, we were talking about the strip club in the parking lot of your high school. You know. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I still can't figure out how that was allowed because it was legit. You know, a strip club, and it stayed a strip club for a while. It's just so. things grandfathered in. I mean, but the school was there, <laughs> the school was there in the late eighteen hundreds. <laughs> so no, the strip club was not there first. Nobody ever, no, but nobody ever thought to make a law where you couldn't do that. that see, that's the thing. Nobody ever. You, you got to do something first before someone's like, oh, there should be a law against that. But the classic cat, it wasn't. It wasn't ye old classic cat. <laughs> so at some point, ownership had to change hands. There had to have been some sort of moment when someone could have gone like, nope. 
nope, we're not renewing this. So we're not extending your permits. We're not whatever, because now we have laws against that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> still, still, the more and more I think about it, the more and more, <laughs> like, wait, what? Was it trying to connect the two films that were playing as a double feature? Uh, they both contain a uh, an actress, Zara White's. She's just a minor character in both, though. So I don't know exactly hmm. why the two films were being played as a double feature. They were released a year and a half apart. Uh, looked up to see if there's any trailers or anything. There are not. So <laughs> we won't be subjecting Jenny to that. Uh, uh, Nurse Nancy seems like it's pretty fondly remembered. It is still available for purchase. Catalina 5.0, not so much. Mm. It was very niche. <laughs> But uh, he was arrested for violating Florida State Statute 800.03, the exposure of sexual organs. I've actually been able to find the original handwritten offense report from the officer. So, question. So was there like a raid? Yes, yes. There there was a sting at the, the, I guess there were officers that realized that guys went in there to whack. So they were like, we'd rather that not happen. And so they were there. Yeah, so he was arrested with several others as well. It wasn't like okay. he was it wasn't like he was the weirdo in the situation. Well, this is a situation I, full of weirdos. The cop was the weirdo in this I, situation. I just again, the more and more I think about, which I do not devote a lot of time to thinking about porno theaters, but why else is someone at a porno theater? So if they're they're in a I don't know. Like I don't want to go there. So it's fine. People go. It's a private place. It's a privately owned place that has a purpose. Um, why is that against the law for them to be at a private place to go and do that? Because that's what it was built for. <laughs> I mean, that seems exactly what it was built for to me. Like, why is everyone surprised? <laughs> <laughs> um, the offense report does mention that he pulled his penis out and masturbated with his left hand. Deep, I mean, well, okay. I think that's why Paul Rubens has, has maintained his innocence of the charge because he says he's right-handed in, <laughs> in the history of time. Like, no wait, one has ever been in a porno no. theater and used their other hand. No, like left-handed. I no, I will not stand. <laughs> like what kind for of that. a monster do you think I am? <laughs> you, think, you think I'm Matt Dillon? <laughs> So looking up the rest of Paul Rubin's arrest. So he was, I think, fined $271 for that offense. Oh, but, it but it just ripped destroyed his career. Yeah. The next day, all reruns of Pee-wee's Playhouse were pulled off the shelf. Uh, toys were pulled off the shelf. Toys had a huge run of people buying them, thinking that they're going to be some sort of collectible. Mm, interesting. So it was like a race to see who could buy them first versus who could pull them off the shelf. And yeah, pretty much destroyed his career for decades. That's sad. I mean, and that's that's why I mean, because didn't also um, Fred Willard, Fred Willard get like way past home movies and streaming <laughs> services being available. He was caught at a at a at a porno, like a probably a last standing porno theater. <laughs> Um, it's like, oh, what? So, like, someone give Fred Willard the memo, you like, know? Someone get him the internet, you know? Yeah, I <laughs> someone, mean... Someone get him a DVD player. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot... And yes, one could argue there's plenty of opportunities for one to do that at home as well, but I mean... He probably doesn't live in Sarasota. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I just. I. I do have a dilemma with that. It's like it seems like a real set people up to fail situation. <laughs> I don't think it's fair. <laughs> so looking up Paul Rubin's arrest record, he was arrested in 1971 for marijuana possession, okay. which probably isn't even a crime in most states anymore. Uh, he was arrested in 1983 for loitering and prowling at an adult theater. So there seemed to be maybe. Loitering and prowling? Is the eighties? People had different. They were real, just like everybody's just like I don't. Let's look at our th thesaurus and, and you know there's probably still laws against skullduggery and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Immoral behavior and perpetuity, shenanigans, <laughs> tomfoolery. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and then two thousand one charge. We have to do. We have to recognize that he is a convicted sex offender. In 2001, he was charged with uh, child pornography. Oh, um, oh no, okay. Well, but he maintains that he has a 
collection of hundreds of thousands of works of historically historically significant pornographic images and films and that there are some you know of that could conceivably be underage and but that it's not exactly but he was fined a hundred dollars for the offense so you, you got to think if this is a monster, maybe they would have fined him more than a hundred bucks. We would have. I don't it was, know. I don't know. That that seems really uneven. Meaning, if child pornography is listed on the offense, you cannot have a misdemeanor child pornography offense because that's what that sounds like. A hundred dollars would be a misdemeanor, I would imagine, and wouldn't even you know bar people from doing a lot of things. So, but that's not what child pornography like. So. There needs to be that didn't that doesn't seem correct. No, there seems to be something wrong there. Either it was a misunderstanding, or it was a probably they didn't get him enough, or they got him too much. I don't know which. Well, which seems which to one. be a theme for him. But I, I'm still, I there's a, there is a theme for him on that of you know the the punishment not being evil equal with the crime and the repercussion of that. But I'm also gonna back out of that and say like. We have a theme running in the types of offenses that he has, and I I don't. Porn is getting him in trouble his entire adult life. It it yeah it is, and I don't love. I don't love that explanation. Like you know, it's art. Um, I I don't know. Like I still just, think it's even even if we get past the fact that he's just a dude, I don't know. The fact that Pee Wee has like one of the world's largest collections of pornography is still I mean, a little. Th- which makes me immediately think of what we do in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> if, again, if you guys haven't watched it, uh, there's a vampire character who is very prolific in pornography. <laughs> like centuries of pornography. Yes. He, know, he knows it all. He, know, he knows it all. In fact, I think he knew that there was like a secret passage because he knew that a particular book did not come out in that edition or something like from across the room. Um, Yeah, it's great. So uh, I think we've hit Pee Wee about as much as we can really. Yeah, I think my general tone of he was just like, "Eh." I'm just that's that's gonna where I'm gonna be. I think so. Yeah. Oh, which he does also appear in what we do in the shadows. Yes, as a vampire and part of the vampire vampiric council. And I mean, one of his. I don't know. One of his vocal defenders has been Bill Cosby. So some oh. like, like Bill, shut up. That, <laughs> you know? that that really even makes the tone even more I like. Know, I know. I know. It goes from uh, to uh. That's 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 the pee wee o meter at this I moment. Mean, you know, we listen to a lot of true crime, and we you know wrongful convictions, and you know even if somebody did something, please, you still can't cheat. You know, so there's there's rules, but man, that one. But it, it it's perpetual. So I, I'm not. I'm not prone to give him a break. I, I think that if that if you have constantly gotten in trouble for something, you should maybe th- you know like I may love this art and it may be old and classic, whatever. But maybe I shouldn't. Uh, maybe there's there's a through line in my life that this is probably gonna turn around and bite me. Like maybe we should just get some stuff that produced last week. You know, it's it's been maybe a little more vetted. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. IDs on file. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just not. Play it safe. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so you ask if uh, Clinton was groping on a national level or still regional level at right, this point. Right. Um, he was received the nomination for the Democratic presidential candidate about 13 days before this movie came okay, out. Okay, so still regional. So he was just starting his national campaign. Got it. So Arkansas ladies only being affected for the most part. Which, I, I, should we joke? I don't know. Is it is it funny? It's not funny, no, but that's that's the extent of my joke on that. Okay. It's like that, that, it's not really funny. It really um, isn't. Because, it, yeah, there, that's another situation that, you know. We don't want to talk about politics here, but can we have a race where there's not somebody groping somebody up for president? <laughs> Seems, like how hard is it? It seems very hard. It seems it's been that people who twelve years since we've had a non-groper. It seems like people who don't grope are like it's just too much work. <laughs> I I do I don't or maybe they're afraid they're like it seems like everybody's a groper. I don't want to add that to to my lifestyle. Like maybe I need to stay out of politics. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, so that's about most of what I had from our notes. 
So I did say we were going to revisit uh, Sex in the Cinema. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so pop back in thinking there's not much else you can really glean from a Playboy magazine from 1992 that we haven't already dug deep on. So just curious, the uh, Miss November. I just wondering. I wonder what what's going on with her nowadays. Who's Miss November? Uh, Miss November, the the playmate of the playmate of the month. No, um, I, I I understand the concept. Right. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. Some of them had very tragic lives. Some oh. of them have done, you know, gone on to just be soccer moms. Some of them, you know, still model today. I just I just curious as to what happened. And boy, have you ever started looking into something and you just see something and then you get deeper and you, I don't know. There, there there's a rush to something that you really don't want to come up to come out with i don't know is that i mean i guess but you 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 internet rabbit hole and k-hole way more than i do i do i do but we were just listening to an entire day's worth of podcasts about the ethics of true crime and right there is some thrill to seeing something ending horribly and well i i don't i don't know if thrill is the right word i think that it's different mm-hmm you know, and 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 I'm not saying that to say that it isn't. I mean, entertainment. It, it it's a huge entertainment genre now. And you know, we were we were listening to, um, you know, uh, you're wrong about, and someone who had been assaulted, um, her talking about how it changed her life and how she's really pushed, tried to push through it and past it. Where she feels like when she's talking to people and they're they're talking about their interest in true crime, they're actually pulling into themselves. You know that it's making them more fearful, that it's making them more distrustful. Where she is trying to work through her life, actually being a victim of a crime, to be more trusting again, to you know regain her humanity and. And so, you know, the back and forth of, you know, the, the moral dilemma of, you know, someone's someone's demise or someone's misfortune as entertainment. And I think it's tough because even the podcast we were listening to, um, you know, where so a different podcast, I, I don't you, you downloaded it. I don't remember the name of it. Um, it's like, where did we go? Crossing the line. Crossing the line. So it's really, truly about, you know, the entertainment versus like infotainment. But we still got tainment in that. And I mean, this is created by the guy that was the consultant on the first season of Dexter. So it's, you know, it's. Exactly. So he, it's tough. I understand where he's coming from. He's done a lot of victims advocacy. And I think that's huge. And I do think a lot of this entertainment does do that as well. It turns people towards resources and turns people towards, um, you know, driving. Let's let's raise funds to end something, solve something, um, you know, whatever that may be. But regardless of your motives, you're still making money. Um, on that as well. Well, the good news is we're not making squat off of this. No, exactly. So, so it, that's fine. This is, you know, so we kind of just talk through it. But someone who has written lots of books about true crime or this or that, I mean, they still, you may have the best intentions. You may not be laughing. You may find laughing distasteful. You may find um, the way someone presents something distasteful. But I think that everyone does look at media in a different way. And, and it does take some different ways of presentation for it really to hit someone and maybe maybe someone saying it you know you know like the my favorite murder and they're talking about it in that nervous laughter kind of way it's like they're not laughing at what happened to anyone they're talking about how you know it's it's just they're that's just how they're dealing with talking about such a serious subject and they do push people towards towards those kind of things but some people do find that distasteful um but I think that it's it it raises awareness. I think of sometimes of the reason things happen, um, you know, the reason certain people are targeted by killers and why their killers are allowed to be so prolific because people don't care about these groups of people. I think that's the biggest thing to come out of that. But going, you know, you getting to obviously Miss November came to you a a bad a bad demise or something bad happened to her and like it you just look up is her wikipedia page and then you you know you see that a date of death so it's like okay and then you read a little farther down i remember this story hmm. and that's yeah well you know i don't think that that's necessary it did 
you remember this story, but like, also, did, did someone remember her? Like, there's something to that. Like, let's, you know, go back and like, this is what happened to her and that's terrible. But also, look, she was Miss November in 1992. Let, let's kind of celebrate her for that. Uh, hold off on that. Okay, okay. Hold off on that for just a bit. Uh, so, yes, Miss November 1992. Uh, she's used by me to illustrate to Jenny that uh, pubic hair is still very much a thing in 1992 <laughs> in our first going deeper. Um, on She Magazine 2003, she comes out the first uh, first openly gay Playboy Playmate. Oh, Wow. Of all time. Uh, 2004, The Village Voice. She's considered the best lesbian sex symbol. Okay. Uh, about that time, uh, she starts her her uh, company, Goddessy. It sells holistic uh, products. She also starts writing lesbian erotica. Uh, we actually have her uh, book, Empress, on the way. So we'll uh, see <laughs> what, what is her that's name? all about. Sorry. Uh, Stace, uh, Stephanie Adams. Okay. Stephanie Adams. Um uh, 2006. So she, uh, in 2000, or in 1992, she claims to be a direct descendant of John Quincy Adams. Okay. She is of uh, black and Cherokee descent, but she also says that she has some John Quincy Adams in there. Um, in the mid 2000s, she starts also being able to claim she can trace her descent to Lady Godiva, uh, first century. Uh, so it gets a little hairier there. Okay. So did- I don't think anybody can trace any sort of descent that far but the, so there's some, maybe some concern of some some mental illness beginning to show up there um 2006 uh, a taxi driver gets into a fight with her the taxi driver calls the police says that she is holding him at gunpoint uh she is a black woman in new york uh mm-hmm. she is thrown to the ground has injuries that plague her for the rest of her life from from that altercation uh, she's awarded 1.2 million by a jury the NYPD refuses to settle, and she uh, goes to a jury trial and is awarded $1.2 million. One thing I will stop on that is that also a lot of podcasts that we listen to talking about a lot of advocacy and, you know, um, victims' rights as well as consumer rights and things like that, that people get really wrapped up in what someone's awarded, but never really go back to see what pe- appeals happen, what, Exa- what, what she, gets she never whittled, receives this amount. whittled down to. And exactly. Punitive damages are meant to be enough to make a large thing make notice. They're not there to give somebody money. They're there to take somebody's money basically right but because if you give a corporation that you know sells six billion dollars you know a year and then you charge them thirty two thousand for something it it doesn't matter right it doesn't mean anything to them but i think we do like that is a a common thing like people like wait what that's ridiculous um they got awarded this this and this but like Half the time they don't get it. Half the time it's eaten up by a million things. and Attorney fees and this, that, and the and other. And probably it's not even going to cover their medical expenses when it's all said and done. But, her medical expenses, her attorney fees, and their attorney fees right. in a later divorce. It's pretty much pretty much broke. So, um, uh, 2010, uh, she marries chiropractor Charles Nikolai. Uh, she now claims is uh, has been heterosexual her entire life, which can be a little problematic mm-hmm. uh gives birth to her son vincent uh 2017 seven years later the next time she's really in the papers there's a uh, domestic violence accusations against both her and him they both accuse each other of mm-hmm. domestic violence uh, he actually hires bill beslow the uh attorney who represented marla maples in her divorce from donald trump okay. and uh, mia farrow in her divorce from woody allen interesting so um Things start to get a little grim here. Um, so uh, May 17th, she checks into the 25th floor penthouse of the Gotham Hotel with Vincent. Uh, May 18th, she and Vincent are found on the second floor balcony. They have jumped off the 25th floor. Her her son? Well, it, it's ruled as a murder-suicide. She right. takes her son and, and jumps off the 25th balcony. Oh, man. So, yeah, uh, you kind of see things going in a direction, and ugh, that's a... That's a rough one. It is a rough one. I don't know if there's I don't know if there's a worse story we could have gotten into. I believe there's a movie with Mary Lou Henner about maybe a, a playmate with a pretty tragic stalker and but this is pretty pretty grim. So we yeah, really entered this one on a on a rough note. Yeah, that's there's a there's a lot in that. Uh, that's probably her fault, not her fault. Uh 
all kinds of things. That's that's tough. Um, but sorry, that's not. But the Gotham Hotel. That's interesting. Um, sorry, like <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. I, and there's, I mean, there's something morbid. Like you know, we, we've driven by that hotel before. You know, we've been on a ghost tour in New Orleans where some really horrible things happen, but there is some macabre something that just sort of draws you. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's becomes, you know, and so for some people it's cautionary tales. Um, you know, for some people it's just what's the multitude of things like life experiences. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I, I think a lot of it early on, um, maybe to, to bring it back to, you know, the whole theme of our podcast is um, it seems forbidden. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, getting into, you know, when you're a little kid, when someone kind of shoes you out of the room because of a news story or a movie or something that's like, well, what, what's that about? Like, I need to know, like, why, why is that too scary or why is that too adult or why is that too... And, and I'm not saying that we should expose kids to everything so that they don't have that sense of wonder about things that maybe are not appropriate when it all comes down to it. But that's definitely where a lot of this stems, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So there, that's that's that. Uh, so we've, we've reached the end of our true crime portion <laughs> right, of, right. of Forbidden Cinema uh, because that's relevant. Uh I will just that it is kind of to a certain degree. I mean, but. It is. I mean, it, it's it's how we started this podcast, uh, and it's and it's it's there, you know. And and Pee Wee keeps on showing up. Pee Wee may end up being more prevalent in this podcast no. than than Wayne Knight. I mean, well, uh, no, I feel let's, like we've, we we need we need to, we need to roll back to some Wayne Knight. I'm sure he's gonna pop back up. Um, I feel like we we should really make him more of a patron saint than Pee Wee. That I'm. I don't want to go there. <laughs> so do you want to go to the reason that the real Ghostbusters toys at McDonald's are called the real Ghostbusters toys? Or do you want to go to what frames had to be cut from this film to not be banned in Britain? Where do you want to go next? Um, well, I think let's just go ahead and get the McDonald's McDonald's toys. But the real Ghostbusters, isn't that the cartoon? But why is the cartoon called the real Ghostbusters and not the Ghostbusters? I'm certain it has some sort of like licensing or trademarking. Have you ever seen the 1975 TV show Ghostbusters? No. It's created by the same crew that did F Troop. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, we watch F Troop on like Nick and Night. Yeah, so there is a uh, a monkey and two detectives who go around chasing after ghosts. Oh, okay. Their names are Spencer, Tracy, and Kong. Spencer, Tracy, and Kong. Spencer, Tracy, and Kong. Tracy's the gorilla. Kong and Spencer are the two Spencer, guys. Spencer, Tracy, Spencer, comma, Tracy, comma, Kong. Yes. Not Spencer, Tracy, and right. Kong. Because Spencer, Tracy's a real person. <laughs> no, I, I know that. Yes, yes. They, they obviously. Right. But so they actually were paid a pretty hefty royalty sum to use the name Ghostbusters for the 84 movie. Okay. So they, they acknowledge, they did acknowledge Huey Lewis, but they did acknowledge uh, Spencer uh, and Tracy and F Troop. Got it. Okay. I don't know how much the gorilla made, but. <laughs> so after Ghostbusters is a huge success, the people behind that owns the rights to the name Ghostbusters, they think, well, we can just make a TV show called Ghostbusters cartoon for kids from this original property. Okay. That premiered about six days before the real Ghostbusters cartoon series. Okay, so there were two Ghostbusters. There were two Ghostbusters cartoon series at the exact same time. Okay. One based on the 75 F Troop show and one based on the 84 movie. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen the one based on the oh, F Troop show. And I have gone to go watch it and I'm like, what is this crap? You see Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. you know, on your and your TV guide, or we are too poor for TV guide, you know, your, your TV supplement from the weekend newspaper. <sighs> right. And you see Ghostbusters and you go show up and it's these two idiots and a monkey and... No. That's not no. what you're looking for. You're, look, you're I'm looking, looking for Slimer. I went Slimer. You're looking for Slimer. You're looking for crazy bouffant hairstyles on Egon. And yeah. And the last thing I'm going to say about fast food is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom glasses. Hmm. Like I said, the glasses, fine. But what's on them? Are they like graphic scenes? I mean, one of them has Muller Ram holding a beating heart. Uh, that's gross. Yeah. They were only available at Taco Time. <laughs> Which is a regional chain of like 13 stores in Oregon and Washington. How in the world did 
how in the world did they get the license for that? Who knows? Is Taco Time is Taco Time the the uh, restaurant that actually trademarked Taco Tuesday? There is a trademark on Taco Tuesday. Really? Yeah, I know it's some obscure place. So like, they're just they're kind of litigious on it, just like we were talking about. Um, what's his face being litigious on its time? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So the last thing I've got that I'm going to go out with is this movie having to be cut to pass the censorship board in England. Hmm. I mean, I didn't really feel like there was anything overly, any, you know, overly sexual or really violent about this movie. From 1979 until 2002, nunchucks were not allowed to be shown in any uh, way huh. in England. Why? I've got a story for you. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> Gather around, children. What do you know about Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon? Um, some scratches on okay. his chest, like that. That's Enter the Dragon is the first co-produced Western Eastern Bruce Lee movie. Okay. All of the other Bruce Lee movies have been in Cantonese or Mandarin. They've been released for Asian audiences only. Some of them have made it into the grindhouse cinemas in the United States. He is has done. Um, I can't even talk today. He's done the Green Hornet show. He's becoming a bona fide Hollywood star. Mm -hmm. Uh, Enter the Dragon is his first major Hollywood movie. The first movie to have a wide release in the United States. Okay. Uh, Bruce Lee dies one month before the premiere of the film. Oh, I mean, I knew he, yeah, I knew he had a tragic death. I knew that it was and early. He died before he became a household name in the United States. Interesting. He died before he became an icon. Okay. I, I would say his son very similarly. Yeah, that's died true. Died before he became every goth kid's Halloween costume for the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, died of a cannabis overdose on his death certificate. Hmm. Which I think he's the only person in history to be. Uh, that's weird. Yeah, uh, it's it's still really unknown exactly what happened. Um, you know, people have speculated on some crazy martial arts punch that uh, caused him to die weeks later or whatever. Like Houdini? Some, like, five-finger death punch. or uh, Like Houdini, because that's kind of how Houdini died. Yes. Did yeah. you know that? Well, he had a ruptured... It, it, yeah, it probably either... It might have ruptured slash might have just aggravated a ruptured uh, appendix. No, I think there, so, people are thinking that there's like some like fatal blow that you can inflict on someone like just like a little and then like a a week later if you know all the right chance of whatnot that they just drop dead oh so like a mixture of of karate or some sort of martial art and voodoo sort of sort of it's just okay it's foreign you know it's (laughs) just just as a clarification he's saying it that way like because he knows it sounds ridiculous (laughs) it's from a terry pratchett novel where they don't trust anything foreign Got it. So um, he actually recently, his drug dealer has uh, released a bunch of personal notes that he received. And Bruce Lee's drug use was out of control. Well, that's what it sounds like. It probably had a lot of other stuff. And maybe he just happened to have smoked a lot of weed like at that moment. But like there was a lot of underlying things. Oh, yeah. I mean, the amount of cocaine he was using was wild. I mean, it's no wonder you're so skinny if you're using that much cocaine. It is. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. This made me think of Archer. <laughs> <laughs> Pam. Pam just like chomping on cocaine. Oh, uh, shout outs, though. Uh, Dad's Garage is actually doing a movie. Oh, wow. The little improv playhouse that we love to go to. It would make little trips there every year to Atlanta to see the improv where Amber Nash and Lucky Yates, many of the stars of A lot of that, yeah. What is it made in Atlanta? Like a lot of those, the Cartoon Network stuff. But yeah, where a lot of the stars of Archer do their improv uh, is actually making a feature film. Oh, fun. Starring Amber Nash and Colin uh, Lockery, whatever from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, Colin Mockery. Mockery, Mockery. Okay, interesting. All right, so... uh, Bruce Lee's End of the Dragon comes out. Huge hit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely huge hit. Um, James Berman, an American director, in 1975 becomes the head of the British Board of Film Classification. Kind of the British version of the MPAA. Okay. Um, there is a bit of a rise of hooliganry. Is that a word? It of, sounds like a British word. That people are, you know, soccer hooligans getting fights with other soccer uh-huh. hooligans. There's no guns in Britain. So people fight with brass knuckles and knives, and there starts to be some nunchuck violence. 
Oh, okay. And so in 1979, he pulls Enter the Dragon, and from that point on, there is no allowed use of nunchucks in <laughs> British film. Uh, also, <laughs> things on his band list. Lovely. Metal claws. Oh. Crossbows. Okay. Brass knuckles. Okay. Ninja death stars. Ninja death and star are all capital letter. <laughs> <laughs> like bat caped crusader. <laughs> Butterfly knives and lighted aerosols. Oh, so making your own your uh, own flamethrowers. So like, watch out, arachnophobia. Arachnophobia. I, I see many things. I feel like there's a crossbow in this movie, maybe um, used not as a weapon, but there definitely ha- she had her claws. Is that mm-hmm. what had to be cut? Uh, it was actually the, the, the there was a scene of nunchucks. I didn't even just like a like a few frames of like a clown in the back with nunchucks. Got it, got it. I mean, yeah, nunchucks. It seems like there would have been all of those things in this I movie. I know. It seems like he just really sort of hated nunchucks. <laughs> and we realize he 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 he, he, he nutshotted himself with nunchucks probably <laughs> and just really held a grudge. <laughs> like everyone out there who is still into martial arts and man the saddest thing in my life is that karate isn't cool when you're an adult. That's the saddest <laughs> thing. I'm sorry. I wish it was, guys. Like Guys out there with your mustache and your n- nunchakus. Yes, I know how it's actually pronounced, but I'm not saying nunchucks, so give me a break here. But, uh, but yeah. So, uh, by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, or so Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Oh. They, they didn't want to run the risk of being banned by being ninjas in, in Britain. So they're Teenage Mutant okay. Hero Turtles. Uh, by part two... He was banning scenes with Michelangelo using sausages like nunchucks. <laughs> so no even simulated nunchuck activity. No, like no two things held together by a thing and used to whack anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that really sounds more like he just really is reliving that that personal tragedy. <laughs> I mean, apparently, like at a BBC, BBFC meeting, somebody tried to show how undangerous nunchucks were. And actually got them wrapped around their own neck and had to be cut out. <laughs> there you go. It's so like, apparently they are a little more dangerous. Like, thanks, Jeff, with a G, for really ruining this for everybody. Dad, to try and make your point. <laughs> but when someone went through kind of the, I don't know what the British version of Lexus Nexus is, and did a search and found no evidence from police or courts that nunchucks have been used in years, his response, you're welcome. <laughs> Ah. Trying to get him to override his band. Right. Got it. Yeah, he really, really stuck with his... He he felt that he had a mission, and he has accomplished it. And Great Britain, you can salute him. Yes, yes. It is uh, still illegal to be under 18 and be in possession of nunchucks in Great Britain. Uh, so no great TikTok and YouTube videos of roly-poly kids smacking themselves with it is illegal to be in possession uh you are allowed to purchase them as long as you transport them in a locked container wow you're allowed to practice with them in private if you practice with them in a public area you need to contact your local constabulary ahead of time to warn them (laughs) (laughs) so britain really hates nunchucks hey hey Got myself some nunchucks. I'm going to stand out here. Uh-oh, need- look out. We're getting impressions again. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I guess it's just an accent. It's not really an impression. <laughs> I have not fully fleshed out this character for it to be an impression just yet. Uh, watch out. Watch out. Got my nunchucks. <laughs> he insisted on massive, massive, massive cuts to Mrs. Doubtfire to the point where it was almost unreleasable. I don't remember Mrs. Doubtfire enough to remember anything of just they they were they just offended by the whole concept of of her in probably general? just a white American man playing a British woman. I guess there was just so much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but he allowed David Cronenberg's Crash to go through completely uncut. That was devastated in the United States by cuts. We haven't watched that one. This will probably come up on our podcast. I think I showed you the trailer. It, it's got uh, yeah. Elias Coteus, uh-huh. Ninja Turtle. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the last time we actually see him with hair. It's got David Spader, and it's about people who are sexually turned on by car crashes. Okay. So I think we've uncovered something here. This guy, like, has a thing. 
Like he is cool with people being turned on by car crashes, but you pull out some nunchucks and and he he's got num he's got nunchuck tragic issues. He's got no he's crossbows. got he's got nanny issues. Like he's got some old nanny issues. He doesn't want to relive, but he's all about settling in and embracing the kink that is crash. I don't know. I don't know. All right. <laughs> I think I'm getting this guy figured out. Yes, he passed. And if away I give him a voice, then. <laughs> Is that going to be a new character on our show? <laughs> what was his name? James Furman or something? I think that's what you said. <laughs> uh, he died in 2002. Uh, the ban on ninja weapons was reversed before he was buried. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, To me, I'm immediately seeing it like a scene in um, Shaun of the Dead where it's like, that check, that check, that. like everybody's like everybody running around like check, check, and done. I'm seeing like a Monty Python sketch where someone like has a heart attack while working, and then just all the DVDs just start showing up on the shelves. <laughs> <sighs> Our cat is so cute right now. So, so I think that's about it for me. I don't know. This has been it's a all real over roller coaster. Totally. Um, what else you got, babe? Um, I think that's it. I mean. This is a crazy movie. I I liked it. You know, I've it's in the lexicon of of I I haven't ranked it, um for my you know ranking of Batman movies. Maybe I'll I'll go through and and do that. But it's fine. I mean, I just it, thought it was bonkers with the level. It's of, crazy. Like the level of content that was not appropriate for children versus the level of con. I rank it with just about every martial arts movie ever made. That there is content not appropriate for children and a plot. That's no one with a fully formed brain would would well, but find uh, but also plot points that have no real interest to children too. So you know, yeah, all all the the political scheming. But anyway, um, yeah. So I, I mean, totally. My mom was well in her rights uh, for us <laughs> to leave the movie theater. That's a strong line in the sand, and I respect that. All right, so hitting up our next holiday forbidden movie uh definitely think this should have been coming out at holiday time if it came out in march you're gonna be really disappointed so we are going to jump into scrooged um this was one i did not see it until i was an adult um but i think that you had a different this is one i will get into it more but this is one my dis- my dad described a bunch of cool stuff in and then we'll watch it like no yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, wait, what? I mean, <laughs> like, obviously not. But. but yeah, I was familiar with Bill Murray. We watched Ghostbusters, you know, edited to a certain degree. But that was so Bill Murray. Bill Murray's really um, run the gamut in terms of what's acceptable, what's not. Um, he's not a fully embraced uh, character that he's he's a go every single time. Have we gotten into I think I was married the first time we watched Ghostbusters unedited. I don't I mean, I'm sure we, we talked about it. Probably, but. I think. Uh, Back to the Future as well. I think we were married before I even realized uh, so many lines. Like, that's the line. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we can get. I love those moments. Yeah, but yeah. So we're gonna be watching Scrooge, getting geared up for the holiday holiday experience. So we'll also be doing a a going to a live event that will tie in. So we'll share that. So that'll be a little fun, a little bonus. So yeah, I hope you guys will pop it in. Find a DVD. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Um, getting getting geared up for holidays, and we'll catch you guys next time. All right, hit us up on our socials. I'm going to try to do it this time. <laughs> we'll see. Everybody, hold on. Uh, Forbidden Cinema at Instagram mm-hmm. and Forbidden Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. Correct. Hit us up. Let us know what you're liking. Let us know what you want to do, and uh, we'll probably see you in a week. Sounds great. All right, bye, everybody. Thanks, bye. <laughs>